Hi, welcome to the Mastermind Project podcast. My name is Brian McRae. I'm the founder of the Mastermind Project. And this podcast is intended to help you grow as a leader, to grow in productivity, and also to grow in relationships. Those are the three topics that we will always talk about here at the Mastermind Project. Chances are you're a small business owner or maybe a commissioned sales professional and you're looking to grow. And we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So once a month, we host an event designed to help givers grow. And so that's what we're here for. And this podcast is taken from a general session of a portion of our live event, uh, which we've now gone to virtual uh, as of 2020. So if you're comfortable, please join us. Feel free to join us. And you can go to www.brianckmcrae.com. And you can register for our next event, which is the third Thursday of the month. So sit back and enjoy the shared learning experience here of the Mastermind Project. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to spend some time with you sharing what I call the five elements of momentum. It's an overarching system um, at a high level, which by the way, you're, my hope is, is that the things that we'll talk about will not be new to you, but the context will encourage you or inspire you or compel you to do something differently than when you walked into the room today. Is that fair? All right. So get ready to take some notes. I hope there's something noteworthy here for you. So. Um, a little bit of background, though. I don't share this very often, but uh, the McRae Mortgage Team started in 2002. That's my primary, that's my prim the primary thing I do. Is, uh, I've been in the mortgage business since 2002. I left a very consistent W-2 job in 2002 because I just wasn't fulfilled. I had a friend, mentor, that kept recruiting me into the mortgage business. Um, and I got in the mortgage business in 2002 um, in a straight commission position. So the things that I'm sharing with you here are things that I've learned along the way. So it's 17th year of mortgage business, um, a pretty quick ramp up, and I did it all through relationships. There was a brief period of time where I didn't want to call on people that I knew. I would rather take target practice on people. So I did buy internet leads, about seven of them, for a very brief period of time so that I could practice on people I didn't know. If I was going to embarrass myself, I'd rather do it with somebody who didn't know me. So... But my point in sharing this with you is a context. I'm not, here, I'm not trying to say anything here to impress you, but just to impress upon you the context of, of what I'm going to share with you today. Um, in 2010, 2011, somewhere in there, uh, the mortgage practice was ranked in the top 1% of mortgage practices in the country um, from a production standpoint. And I don't spend money on advertising. I'm not knocking advertising, but I didn't have money to start when I started in the business. I had, my wife didn't work and I had kids that were four, two kids, four and two, and soon to be another one coming on the way. I didn't have money to spend on advertising. So I had to build it through relationships. So that's number one. Mastermind St. Louis, I've mentioned it several times today. That's this event. It's a shared learning event because in 2011, I was encouraged to start this event. It was on my heart. It was a purpose. It was a passion for me because my real estate agents, my financial advisors that were my referral partners, um, they were, think about 2011. How was the stock market? How was the real estate market? Exactly. There's some oohs in the room. It wasn't very good. So the purpose of the event was to bring people together, share some ideas that would provide hope, encouragement, inspiration to go out and do something different without having to spend a lot of money. Are you guys with me about the purpose of this event? Okay. About 17 people, I was joking with MJ, this event would not be possible if MJ hadn't sponsored it the first time around. 
this is what it's grown into. Because we're going to keep sharing content that makes a difference for people, and then you just keep inviting people you care about, and guess what? It just keeps growing. So that being said, Mastermind St. Louis started um, over the years. We kept, after about three years, um, some individuals wanted me to do some training. That's when the coaching practice was launched. I started training, which, by the way, I'm going to talk about some training at the end of this, I, and I promise you it will be brief. But I'm going to talk about some training at the end of this, but I also started coaching individuals. I'm going to tr try to provide you the evidence that you don't need a college degree, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room, and that you can build a business by, by working on yourself, best self-leadership that you possibly can, productivity tips, which we're going to talk about an implementation system today, and doing it through relationships. Make sense? All right. Specifically today, there are two systems that I, that I teach and I coach on. One is the momentum system, and we're going to talk about that. It's the five elements of momentum. The first element of that, and I told you, it's not rocket science. It's vision. Vision is absolutely positively the starting point. The starting point for all high achievement. All high achievement starts with vision. And there is a verse in the ancient book of wisdom that, uh, that really resonated with me. Because if vision starts, take a look at this. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's like the tree of life. You guys, how many of you do a lot of networking? Okay. You ever met with somebody? They just didn't have a lot of hope. I'm not, trying to, I'm not asking you to be judgmental. But they didn't carry the charisma, the energy that, you, that some other people that you meet with. Let me ask you, what, is that, what, actually, what does this verse mean to you? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You guys agree with that, first of all. What, is, what does deferring hope mean? Nothing to wake up to. Not having a purpose. What else? Anybody? Anthony. When you see a light bulb go off, when you see a light bulb go off, when you, put, when you see somebody that has a vision and they are pursuing it, you see the desire kicking in. So that's the purpose. We're going to try to help you, and I'm going to talk, give you three quick things to, as a, to jumpstart your vision. And by the way, I say that, guys, because this is, uh, I would encourage you, if you are not a mind mapper, um, I heard about the concept, but this is a mind map from late 2012, early 2013. If you've ever felt stuck, if you've ever felt like you want to be doing something more, um, I'd encourage you to mind map. And I'm going to give you three questions to break out your mind map. Guys, I'll tell you, because in 2000, I want to say, I know I finished that in 2013 because my wife and my kids were out of town. And I went to Lowe's, and I've shared this with some of you before, but I went to Lowe's and um, got it's about this big and about this big, a little melamine whiteboard in the back. It's about 11 bucks, $10.83 if I remember correctly. Just wanted, I, don't, I don't know why I remember that number, but that's what it was. So, and then I just put it on the kitchen table. And if you've ever struggled putting a vision together, I will tell you that's a full weekend's worth of work for me because I struggled with it. 
Now, by the way, this is in 2012, 2013. Remember what I told you about building a business? In 2000, I don't remember if it was 2010 or 11, but I was named in the top 1% of mortgage originators in the country. But hope was being deferred. This unlocked it for me. And I will tell you, if uh, you can, I hope you can't read my handwriting because there's some, some embarrassing things on there. Um, but there's some other things there that just without actually getting it on a piece of paper, because I want you to understand this. When you start writing, writing is the doing part of thinking. It's when you start to transfer thoughts into action is when you start writing them down. The mind map for me was an incredible exercise. So I'm going to give you three things to start your mind map. which I call a vision story. And that is, what it, you pick a date in the future, your preferred future. So I want you to pick a date in the future that's probably three to five years out. And by the way, this isn't a legalistic thing. If you want to go out 10 years, that's fine. It's to, it's to create some aspiration for you. But I like three to five years because you can kind of feel that. 10 years gets a little bit longer. So I'll let you pick. But pick a date. I encourage you to pick something three to five years out. My other encouragement on that preferred future date is pick a date you will remember. Uh, let me rephrase. Pick a date of significance. Is anybody's birthday on December 31st in the room? That's a statistical. Anyway, good, because it's not a very special day other than it's the end of the year. I would encourage you to pick a date that you will remember that you'll never forget so that when you're reviewing this, you know why you're doing it. If you're married, Pick your anniversary date. If you've got kids, pick a kid date. Pick a date that is special to you. Could be your own birthday, but pick a date. Second thing, determine, just in a broad sense. I don't want you to get granular. We're going to start big picture and work down. Pick some areas of life that are most important to you. Not to the person sitting next to you or the areas of life that you're told are supposed to be important. What are the important areas of life for you. And don't, well, we'll go to the next one. By the way, I recommend probably five to seven areas of life. That's just a ballpark. Anybody want to share an example of an area of life that they're, that they're going to write down? Some examples. Because this is one some people get stuck on. Karen? Health. Spirituality. John? Family. Family. Stephanie? Financial, it's got to be there. It's part of the vision story. We'll talk about that later. But financial, um, love it. Okay, anybody else? Experiences. Some people might call that, you know, what kind of experiences do you want to have? Some people might call that lifestyle. Yes. Relationships. Okay, good. Those are, by the way, they're your areas of life. That's the cool part about creating this vision story. It's yours. All right, third thing. What freedoms do you desire in those areas of life by that preferred future date? Now, you're not going to be able to get that all done here, but I want you to write it down, and I want you to think about the question. So imagine coming back here on your preferred future date, and somebody asks you, hey, what's happened over the last three years that makes you feel happy about your progress, both personally and professionally? And you can answer that question in those areas of life. And I'd encourage you to think big. Okay. Starting point of all high achievement. Right there. Vision. All right. 
By the way, uh, real quick pause before we get into number two. Um, I didn't cover the agenda today. Um, we'll be done by 1130. I'm going to go through the five elements of momentum. And then we're going to have an implementation panel here of individuals. I mentioned that I've done some training and some coaching. I'm going to have three examples here. I'll be honest with you, they are coaching clients. But they're not going to talk about their core competence. They're going to talk about how they've implemented this. Because that, I want individuals. I don't want you just to listen to me. We're trying to provide evidence. The whole reason this event has continued to exist is that there is evidence that this stuff works, that the basics work. So anyway, so we will have you out of here by 1130 if you're here for the first time. All right. So element number two is planning. Now, a couple years ago, um, which by the way, I've got a couple guys here uh, from out of town. Uh, I belong to, uh, how many of you were here to see Aaron Walker speak? Okay. Aaron was here back in 2016. Um, Aaron is, uh, or he says Aaron. It, if you're talking to him, you've got to call him Aaron. Um, I say Aaron. And so if I call you Aaron, Aaron, when you're up here later, that's why. But um, he was here. I, I'm part of a mastermind group with him. These guys uh, are part of Iron Sharp and Zyre. So Greg Yates and John Nimmo are here. They know what this is about. Um, they've been a part of ISI. We read this book several years ago. It's called The 12-Week Year. We've covered it in detail. So I'm going to talk about planning just a little bit. So you got your vision, that three to five year vision. Then it gets a little cloudy. Here's what I'm going to recommend that you do. Put a plan together and do it and create some periods. 12 week periods to be exact. I talked about December 31st. How many of you at the beginning of the year, let's see how vulnerable this group is. How many of you at the beginning of the year set some New Year's resolutions? How many of you remember what they are? Okay, here's the, here's the brilliance about the 12-week plan. You get four December 31st a year. I, in the mortgage business, by the way, have any, better, any other mortgage professionals in here, raise your hand. Okay, when there, what, what in the mortgage business, we are really, are we driven by dates? When a real estate agent says, hey, we're closing on this date, does the dr date drive us? Okay, commitment dates, all those things, we're, we're date driven. So here's, think about that. If, and it doesn't really matter what industry. If you've got a date that you're trying to hit, you typically pursue it. The brilliance of the 12-week year is that you're setting another date that's not, December, that's not December 31st. It's not the end of the year. The 12 weeks is a period of time where if you spend the time, 12 weeks focused on a goal for that period of time, you will start to create momentum in so many ways in that specific. So it should be a goal that is important to you and moves you closer to that preferred vision that you have of the future. So a couple things. Take a look. You've got your vision. I'm, gonna, I'm moving through this quickly. But you've got your vision, and then you're going to pick a production goal. We're, this is a business event, so we're going to talk business. By the way, this can be used personally as well. Where's Joe at? Joe Tebow, he had just had an event similar. He was talking about the 12-week year. Somebody lost 17 pounds using this 12-week plan. Now, by the way, it's, my point is, and that, that was an area of life that was important to them at that time. So as you implement this 12-week plan, set a goal. Make it smart, specific, measurable. We've all heard this one, right? Specific, measurable. What's the A stand for? Actionable, R. Realistic, relevant. By the way, they're your SMART goals. Just make up an acronym. You can, you can be realistic, relevant, whatever you want it to be. And it's the last one, time bound. So a SMART goal. Make it, and that should be, if you want my opinion, I would base it off production. 
Somebody mentioned finances before. I would re strongly recommend that you make it profit-based. In our industries, I see Brad shaking his head. It's one thing to do a lot of production, but if you don't have any profit, you're not going to accomplish your vision because you're going to need some money to get to that vision more than likely. Does that make sense? Okay. So production or profit-based. And then you just simply, so at the top of the page, you've got, a, you've got a beginning date, you've got an end date of 12 weeks, you've got a smart goal there, and then you just start jotting down the tactics that are going to take. And I would encourage you to brainstorm. Don't try to get it, hit it out of the park and have the exact, but think about everything you could do to help you hit that goal. Am I making sense? All right. So you've got those tactics, or you've got your tactics and your actions written down. Because then number three comes in. So I want you to think about this. You've got a vision. You've got hope. You've got a desire. You're pursuing it because you've got a smart goal. You've written down the things that are going to help you do it, and you've got a deadline of 12 weeks. By the way, the brilliant part about the 12-week plan, whether you hit the goal or whether you don't, you've got a brand new year starting the next quarter. Does that make sense? The power of the 12-week is amazing because whether you hit the number, I saw a stat recently. 40% of corporate America production happens when? Uh, what time of the year? Final quarter. 40% of the profit generated by corporate America happens in the fourth quarter. Now, by the way, not everybody's on a calendar year. Some are on fiscal years. But how many of you have ever worked for corporate America and there was a drive to hit a sales number at the end of a quarter? We've all been there. Well, if you've been in corporate America, that's what happens. Well, guess what? What if they just would have set that earlier? Think about the power. If you're going to accomplish that much in the, in the last few weeks or months of a, of a year, what if you did it in the last few weeks of a quarter? So you're pushing yourself. All right. The other component here, number three, is metrics. What gets measured gets managed. It's so interesting. How many of you here want more referrals? Okay. We're going to talk about this a little bit today because there's a concept here of a referral conversation. But if I asked you how many ambassadors, how many champions you had for your business, most sales professionals that I talk to don't know. They have no idea who's referring them. They don't know what relationships to focus on. They don't know what to implement with John Rulin in Giftology because they don't have track of their relationships. That's one example. But measure, figure out what is important in your business. What things do you need to measure? There's a concept of leading indicator and lagging indicator. And let's just have a quick example so this sinks home and resonates with everybody. So a leading indicator is something that done consistently will produce results. A lagging indicator is what? The result. So sales. Is that a leading indicator or a lagging indicator? It's lagging. Whatever you sell this month is typically a byproduct of something you have done previously. So if you can figure out what those things were that you need to do more of and focus on those, that's a momentum metric. How many of you know what the leading indicators are for your business? What do you need to focus on? Anybody want to share? Trannon? I think you raised your hand. Or were you itching some? Phone calls. Okay. Leading indicator. Anybody else? Networking. So David said networking. What about networking? If you were going to measure it, if you were going to measure it, how would you measure, measure networking? Okay. Here's how many. 
You see where, okay, now real quick, David, we can. All I'm asking you to do, so here's my point. This, typically when I speak to a sales professional in the business to consumer space, David's going down the path. I'm just encouraging if you're going to put a 12-week plan. If you're going to go to a networking event, what are you coming here for? Now, by the way, most of the people in this room, you're givers. You just want to provide value, but it's absolutely okay if you say, hey, I want to walk away with two great connections or four great connections that I can follow up with. Setting some numbers that are result-based that will produce the results that you're looking for inside your 12-week year. Does that make sense on a leading indicator? So many will say, hey, I'll, I'll attend two networking events per month or four networking events or six networking events, but why are you attending them? So the quality of the questions will determine the quality of your life. Just showing up at an event, ask a better question. What's a metric that I can show up to prove whether or not this event was successful? You with me? Are you with me? All right, good. All right, what gets measured gets managed. I'm going to give you a quick example. Um, a lot of clients that I work with, some internally at Central Bank and some externally outside the bank, this is one thing that we start to measure. And I'm going to encourage you. Uh, I can't go into great detail about it. I'll talk about it a little bit later with Jumpstart. But start tracking the number of referral conversations you're having. If I asked you, if you want referrals, how many referral conversations are you having that are selfless, that are focused on the other person, not about you? Now, by the way, I'll get on a high horse here a little bit about that because there's a great, in my opinion, a great way to ask for referrals, and there's an awkward way to ask for them. Um, but that's a whole other thing. The point is, you'll show up at this event, and you think about the types of conversations you can have. In the mortgage business, I can have a restorative conversation. We try not to have many of those. If you're having a lot of restorative conversations, it means you're trying to fix something. You mess something up, either a relationship or delivery of your product. Try to avoid the restorative ones, but don't be afraid of them. Transactional, that's in the mortgage practice, that's somebody calling and saying, hey, your transaction's on time. Guys, a referral-based business, though, and the metrics that you can start to track that will help you accomplish bigger things happen below those, that, that top line. Relational conversations and referral conversations. And by the way, those happen together. So, but anyway, start tracking the types of relational, uh, how many relational conversations you're having and referral conversations you're having. It's one example. We started doing that on our team. It was one of the metrics that we, how many champions were we creating through, through referral conversations. We started tracking that. By the way, anybody that's been through Jumpstart, what is a champion in your business? Anybody? One plus referral or somebody who has verbally agreed to refer you. You want more referrals, create champions in your business by having very confident and fulfilling referral conversations that, are, that do not include an awkward ask. So, making sense on metrics. Is that, that trying to give you an example? Does that make sense? Any, have, anybody have questions on metrics? Okay, we're going to bring this home real quick. Time allocation. Two ways to tell what somebody values. Their checkbook and their calendar. Here's the thing that we see. We, um, we talked about a book called Grit. That was the book and uh, for the ambassadors. That's going to be the book club, which, by the way, if you're interested in the book club, Tom Durfee somewhere around here. He's running that. When is it? At? In Chesterfield. Hillsborough title in Chesterfield. They're going to be talking about the book Grit. I'm going to give you a quick thing on this. Some of you think you got to, some of you are not achieving as much as you could because you think you need to be the most talented person in the room. Angela Duckworth, who uh, wrote this book, 
She has studied success, studied it. And what she found is, is that um, the truth of the matter is you don't have to be the most talented person to be successful. As a matter of fact, it's usually not the most talented individual. What she found was that while talent counts once, effort in success counts twice. So talent plus effort equals a skill. And then skill plus effort. There's the second effort. Skill plus effort will equal achievement. Now, why do I bring this up? Because uh, the book Grit, by the way, is phenomenal. Um, but the point of this is, is you have to have some grit to continue. But when you start to ask yourself, when are you doing it? Trandon mentioned he's got to make phone calls. Now, by the way, most, most successful sales professionals are allocating time. If you look at highly successful sales professionals, business owners, they are allocating time. My encouragement with every one of my coaching clients is, hey, when, once you've put your 12-week together and you've said, here are the tactics, here are the, here are the metrics that I need to create in this 12-week year to produce the results that I'm looking for, my next question for them is, when are you going to do that on a weekly basis? Is it daily or weekly that you need to do it? And you need to have an implementation block on your calendar for that for the execution of those tactics to get the metrics that you're looking for to help you accomplish the results so that you can have that preferred future date be a celebration. Now, your implementation block should be two to four hours. It should be non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. There's going to be an urgent client matter. Guess what? Do you want to take care of the client matter or do you want your vision to come true? Now, I'm not making judgments here, but I'm just telling you if you keep chasing the urgent, the important never gets done. So you have to put your implementation block and you have to consider it sacred. Now, by the way, I, the reason this is called time accountability because there's no such thing as managing time. It's just managing priorities. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time telling you what not to do, although I will tell you there's a cool tool on your app if you have an iPhone called Screen Time. And you can see what you're doing with your phone. And you can set some limits on what you do on your phone. And if you do that, you can focus on, not focus on the don't do's, but focus on the do do's. Yes, the do do's. Because that's where skill and achievement happen is when you put the effort in and you get that, that's where things will start, where you'll start to create some momentum. All right. So time allocation was number four. Number five was accountability. So let me rephrase for you here if you're taking notes. We've got vision, starting point for all high achievement. Planning, incremental planning, 12-week blocks. Very specific, very focused with smart goals. Tactics planned out, and then metrics that you are measuring each week and scoring your performance. So that's the metrics. And then time allocation, implementing, uh, putting an implementation block on your calendar so you can get that done where it's laser focused to get the result. You know, a couple of months ago, we had uh, Dave Adams up here who is a coaching client. He is crushing it. Left first year in a business, he is just crushing it. Implementation block, done. This guy is the best implementer I have seen in a long, long time. Did you guys agree? Smoking it, just major accomplishments. And you go to him, he's got an implementation block, and he does it. If he says he's going to send out a success story at that point in time, it's done. He's putting time on the calendar to produce the results, the metrics that he needs. So it works. But I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, this is the secret ingredient. So 
So again, we got, we've covered four. Vision, planning, metrics, time allocation. Number five is the, uh, is the antidote to this, because isolation is the enemy of excellence. So many of you are trying to do this on your own. By the way, this applies to business and to life. I won't get off on a horse on, 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 a, on a soapbox on that. But just remember, every area of life, if you're isolated, your hope's being deferred. If you're isolated physically, hope's being deferred. Financially, hope's being deferred. Relationally, hope's being deferred. I'm encouraging you, don't do life alone. It's about relationships. We're built for them. So isolation is the enemy of excellence. There's a couple ways to find it. Uh, and let me share this with you real quick. Um, I'm going to cover this very quick. Whoop. I just want you to realize the last one here. Because you, um, you can have an idea or a goal, and you've got a 10% chance of accomplishing it according to this, this study. If you consciously decide you'll do it, you put some intent behind it, you have a 25% chance. If you decide you will do it, 40% chance. You decide when, excuse me. You plan how you will do it, 50%. And by the way, take a look at what all that is. Vision, planning, metrics, time allocation. The first four are there, and you got a 50% chance. But the secret ingredient to accomplishing big things, living in alignment with your vision, is accountability. There's a couple types of accountability. How many of you just have a smile on your face when you hear the word accountability? Raise your hand. Okay. I will tell you, when you become, I, I would encourage you, become a, a person emotionally mature enough to be vulnerable and to be able to share the things that you're not accomplishing with somebody that cares about you and wants you to succeed. It could be a peer. But frankly, you also might have to pay for it. Some of you have done that. I see some heads shaking in here. And by the way, you're going to hear from some people here in just a minute that are paying for it. They're part of Accelerate, which is a, uh, my personal mastermind group that I do some coaching and training in. But 95%, you have a 95% probability of accomplishing your goals when you are held accountable to them. Now, I would encourage you, peer or paid, either one, I would seek something that I call joyful accountability. We've all had accountability, you know, Maybe across our hind end when we were little, that's accountability. I'm not talking about that kind, although that can work if you're raising kids. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> um, but joyful accountability is when somebody will walk beside you or a group of people will walk beside you and tell you what you need to hear, when you need to hear it, whether you want to hear it or not, and do it with love. That's joyful accountability. I'm encouraging you to find it. I will tell you, um, and these guys, by the way, if anybody's interested in, in iron, I'm part of Iron Sharpens Iron with these two guys, you can ask them. Is there joyful accountability in that mastermind group? Oh, yeah, just you'll see the smiles. The Accelerate, which, by the way, I'm going to have these guys come up. So um, come on up if you're on the panel here today. I'll introduce you in just a second. All right, so wrapping up the five elements of momentum. We've got um, vision, planning, metrics, time allocation, and then accountability. Specifically, I'd recommend joyful accountability. And look at these gentlemen having the ladies sit first. <laughs> All right. Um, is that useful for you, the five elements of momentum? Well, it is a system. I will tell you, 
But thank you, David. I appreciate that. <laughs> Might be the only one that enjoyed it today. He actually clapped. All right. So um, we're going to talk about, but here's my point. It is a system. If you're struggling to accomplish big things, medium things, maybe even little things, take a look. Ask yourself, is it because the vision isn't there? Is it because I'm not doing a good enough job planning? It's because I don't know what metrics I need to track. It's because I'm not setting time aside. I never get around to doing it. And if it's any of those things, I'd encourage you, find some accountability so that you don't have a, an excuse any longer. All right. That's the five elements of momentum. Well, there you have it. Another Mastermind Project podcast. We want to thank you for being here and investing in yourself. Uh, that's the key to growth because we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So thank you for investing in yourself. We hope that you found something here useful. As a matter of fact, it's our desire that you've heard something from this podcast that would make a difference if you implement it in your business. And we know that success favors the speed of implementation. Take a note, take action on something that you've learned here. It'll make a difference. We'd love to hear about it. So, and you can also join us and tell us a little bit about it at our next live event. And you can register for that at www.briankmcrae.com www.briankmcrae.com. We've got our mastermind event schedule there and you can join us virtually uh, at our next event on the third Thursday of the month. So for this time and until next time, study things that matter, practice things that matter and teach things that matter to people who care. Appreciate you.